If you're over 40, I want to offer you a personal recommendation. Add nitric oxide support to your daily health regimen. You've heard me talk about nitric oxide before. It has a critical impact on the health of your circulatory system, which is critical cardiovascular, cognitive, and even sexual health. We're all born with the ability to make adequate levels of nitric oxide, but as we age, our production goes down and the efficiency of our body's critical systems are affected. To address my own levels and the levels of my patients, I use Berkeley Life's Nitric Oxide Support Supplement. Berkeley Life's Easy 2 Capsule Daily Regimen offers a consistent dose of dietary nitrates, the key ingredient that our bodies need to regain healthy levels of nitric oxide. If you're over 40 or treating blood pressure or erectile dysfunction, I suggest you add Berkeley Life to your routine. You can access Berkeley Life by going to berkeleylife.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman for a special on Berkeley Life's nitric oxide support products and enjoy the boost in nitric oxide that I and my patients all enjoy. Again, that's berkeleylife.com slash Hoffman and use code Hoffman for special access to Berkeley Life. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today, we're going to talk about a very important subject, the subject of fertility. Fertility, a big problem these days because as people delay conception, both men and women, it's getting harder and harder to conceive. And so we're seeing a boom in IVF and assisted reproduction. And often the blame is placed on the women and they receive the brunt of the interventions and it's like it's acknowledged that nutrition is very very important for women we'll get into that but uh, it's less commonly recognized that various aspects of lifestyle and nutrition make a big difference for men and i highlight the fact that uh, many many studies are corroborating the fact that the quality of sperm is declining across the world, and especially in developed countries like the United States, Canada, Europe, and so on. And there's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. And to help us clear it up, we're going to talk to an expert. She's Ayla Barmer. Uh, she has a master's degree. She's also a registered dietitian. Uh, she is a nutritionist, a functional medicine practitioner, and founder of Full Well, which focuses on lifestyle, diet, and supplement solutions for fertility. So here's Ayla. Welcome. Thanks very much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me on. It's my great pleasure. So uh, uh, tell us a little bit about how you got uh, involved in this area. Yes. Yeah, so fertility wasn't a common area of work when I started uh, specifically for registered dietitians, uh, but it is more so now given the degree to which nutrition and lifestyle impact fertility. And my work with couples in the fertility space really evolved over years in my private practice. And it was due to a need that I saw in my community. I was actually being referred um clients over to the practice, women exclusively, never men, um, from the local IVF clinic. And they were given one direction, which was to try to lose weight as fast as they can, 
or else their IVF cycles may be canceled. Um, and so I would see women who are stressed, who uh, felt like they didn't have a lot of control over the situation. It was um, challenging. And I just knew as I was working with them that there had to be more that I could do to support them and kind of instinctively knew that it had to involve men as well. And so that's where I really started diving into the research and started to specialize, you know, in fertility and seeing couples. And over years, my practice model evolved to require that couples work with me together if they want my fertility support, which was, um, which was something that I remember a business coach saying, you're never going to be successful with Mm -hmm. this, you know, uh, this kind of model, but, but it really felt so important. So, you know, after really seeing such success with the protocols and interventions and um, the cases that I was seeing, I just knew that I had, I had more that I could share, you know, with a larger audience. And so Fullwell was born partly out of the desire to do that, to reach a larger audience, but also because when I was choosing uh, dietary supplements as part of the protocols, I really was just frustrated with the the lack of evidence that really supported the formulas that were on the market and uh, very um, frustrated with the lack of transparency in the supplement industry. So I wanted to get behind the curtain as a health practitioner and see exactly how are these made, have control over the testing, make sure the the dosing and the forms of the nutrients were matching the evidence and uh, were going to be most supportive, really with the goal being I wanted to create things that I could use with my patients and my practice um, with myself and feel confident in. Indeed. and it, But it turns out that from a business standpoint, there, I just noticed uh, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal recently uh, about a bunch of startups. Sperm is a focus of startups looking to boost fertility. So, uh, you know, even from a business standpoint, uh, you may have been on the right track. Uh, a bunch of companies are offering nutritional supplements. They're offering advice to people. Uh, the article says that a man today has half the number of sperm that his grandfather had. Uh, mm-hmm. Poor sperm health is associated with increased time to pregnancy, increased risk of infertility and miscarriage, and higher chances that you'll use advanced reproductive technologies such as IVF. So uh, I guess the man's role is now being considered uh, and a kind of a gold rush, frankly. And <laughs> it sounds like you were ahead of the curve. Yes, well, I've always I've always gotten so excited about the fertility work for a variety of reasons beyond just helping couples, you know, start a family or grow a family. It's more than just, you know, the positive pregnancy test to me. I mean, it really focusing on the preconception window before pregnancy, regardless of whether or not you even have trouble conceiving is important for everyone because it's it's really the ultimate preventative medicine i mean we can influence the health of future generations by really zoning in on that time frame and so i get i get really excited about it uh yeah anyway indeed so so what are some of the the factors that uh are are involved that may uh, compromise uh fertility for both men and women and and how do you when you do uh you know preconceptual uh, planning or a consultation. Mm-hmm. What are some of the areas that you focus on? Yeah, so that's that's a great question and a big question. And I think um, maybe to lay the foundations too, because I, maybe not all listeners know this, but you you referenced how men's fertility and sperm counts are declining, uh, and we've seen that um, over the past 
few decades. Um, but it's also important to know that the issue is equally affecting both men and women. So uh, to put it into perspective with numbers, 30% of infertility issues are due primarily to male factors, 30% due to primarily female factors. And then there's this remaining 40% that is the most frustrating diagnosis right. of all is the unexplained infertility. And that's what I would wind up seeing most frequently in my practice. And um, where there's really no answer, it's probably a combination of both men and women. And I mean, it turns out that a lot of the interventions and a lot of the areas that we want to look at and focus on the root causes of fertility issues, so to speak, are very similar for men and women. And that's nice in the sense that if if it is a couple I'm working with, they can they can make a lot of these changes together. Um, so I, I always think about it this way. And it's how I've always described it. Um, you know, that the body by design um, will always really prioritize everything else over reproducing, reproduction, you know, and so the way that I think about it is, how do we get at what, where are the resources being diverted to? And so that's the lens that I kind of look through. And some of the big buckets, um, things that will, uh, you know, really create an issue with reproductive functioning are things that affect metabolism. So the metabolic system talks to the reproductive system, they're reciprocally regulated, you know, and so um, for both men and women, I do see it more commonly with women, there's a balance right between exercise and, and nutrition. So on the one hand, on one extreme, you know, there you may be over exercising and undernourishing, you know, and that's where we see kind of running, running on down. fumes, running on exactly. Fumes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And reproductive health turning down. So you mm -hmm. do need at this stage of life, it's like you need enough calories, enough nourishment, enough nutrition to keep the reproductive system functioning to keep your body producing hormones, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know. Um, nutrient deficiencies, that's another big bucket area that I would see as a root cause to um, poor sperm quality, per, poor egg quality, um, things that really affect developing eggs and sperm in that preconception period are things like oxidative stress and nutrient deficiencies. So just to kind of back that up a little bit, we need a lot of nutrients to produce hormones efficiently, to metabolize hormones efficiently, to um, create healthy cervical fluid and semen. Um, there's actually trace minerals found throughout semen and you know cervical fluid, and to protect both the developing egg and sperm. Um, both nutrients and antioxidants are very important for that. And so um, I always look for: Are we depleted? You know, in any of these things? And there's so many um, things in our modern environment environment that can deplete us. Um, and let's let's fill those gaps. And so um, those are a couple of the big buckets. I mean, some of the other things that I would look at would be things that may affect hormone production and metabolism. So um, I, you know, this is where it falls in where it falls into the nutrition realm for me is nutrition is um, the vitamins and minerals and antioxidants help support the systems in our body to a very large degree from our liver to um, our reproductive organs to our brain, right? So, so those are a couple of the areas, but I'll, I'll stop there and see because I can, um, I, I may be winding on a tangent here. I want to make sure it's clear. Okay, sure. Uh, but uh, importantly, uh, are there theories as to why Fertility is declining in men. That uh, I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's been said uh, uh, very graphically that uh, sperm is an endangered species, and, and could this be a sign of uh, increased 
environmental toxins? And if so, uh, you know, how can that problem be alleviated in the preconceptual period? Should people undergo some kind of uh, detoxification process? Do you kind of evaluate what mm-hmm. uh, products they use? You know, the cosmetics, the uh, you know, food additives, uh, literally yep. uh, evaluate their homes and workplaces. Yes, this is a huge area and a lot of the research that's been done in men's fertility is pointing towards uh, environmental exposures uh, being a and heavy metal exposures being a really big part of the decline in overall sperm quality over over the years. Um, and so uh, some of the th- places to really look at, uh, you know, and, and those things not only influence sperm quality, uh, but it does also influence the um, epigenetics, you know, the imprinting yep. that's, that's going to happen too. So we're, we're talking really about the long-term health let, of babies. Let's, so, let's, focus, let's focus a little bit on, on the epigenetics for a minute, and we'll come back to mm-hmm. the, the toxicity issue. Um, what's fascinating me is that uh, there you have genes, but the genes are affected by your environment and the translation of your genes into who you are or who your child is going to be are affected by environmental factors. Okay, that's a given. But what's interesting is that there appear to be transgenerational factors. Uh, Mothers who are extraordinarily stressed, uh, that may trickle down to uh, their grandchildren and beyond. Uh, uh, People who have PTSD, there's actually thought that that may even though their genes aren't altered, it's not like they've had radiation, which alters their genetic composition. But the way that their genes are interpreted in uh, in in physiology is is altered, and that's called epigenetics. So uh, stress can do that. Uh, being overweight, uh, being subject to starvation. You know, there, there's there. Populations which mm-hmm. you know have, have experienced starvation, such as during wartime, and that may have an impact on offspring. So, uh, you know, maybe we can take a tangential look at the epigenetic issue and uh, the uh, generational, transgenerational transmission of, of certain factors. Yes, this is, I mean, this is really where I, I, and this is the reason why I find it so exciting to work in this area, because I really feel that the the work done for, in the preconception period by both men and women, just, just kind of, just being more thoughtful about diet, lifestyle, and exposures can have this multi-generational impact, you know, yes. and some of the research does show that, you know, for, for men, um, tracing back to adolescence, puberty, for both women and men, that's t- that stage of life is actually very important as well. So we don't have a lot of control. We can't go back in time, but it is something that I think about as I have a, a son, you know, and uh, and a daughter. And, you know, as they enter adolescence, puberty, diet and lifestyle are really important there too, because that epigenetic, uh, mm-hmm. com- those components there are going to play a role in their future. You worry about uh, those uh, keg parties and you worry about, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, some of the things that they may be uh, inhaling or uh, imbibing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, exactly. And, um, and getting really specific, because this is, um, this is related to uh, epigenetics through imprinting. But one thing that just I, I find fascinating, and I'm really trying to educate on is that um, during pregnancy, a woman develops an entirely new organ, right, the placenta. And, you know, that that organ is really important for nourishing baby filtering out um, things. And but what is fascinating is that men, actually men's 
contribute more to the development of the placenta than women do hmm. uh, through imprinting. Yeah. yeah. And so um, what they're finding is that in the research, there's more and more links now to men in the preconception period, what they're doing then and pregnancy complications that can be related to the placenta health, hmm. like preeclampsia, wow. uh, even preterm birth, miscarriage, pregnancy loss. Um, so I also think of this as, uh, you know, something really that what men are doing in that preconception period is affecting the health of the pregnancy too, and and some of the biggest risks for maternal mortality. Indeed. So so uh, again, what can we do to re reduce the risk of toxicity or uh, uh, optimize our epigenetic mm -hmm. uh, translation of our our genetic code? Yes. So, so first, I think, you know, some big bang for your buck type things to focus on to reduce your toxin exposure in a world where we cannot control it all, we can't live in a bubble, is to, for me, number one, it's to swap out fragrance products. Uh, mm -hmm. It's fragrance products, um, synthetic fragrances are known sources of hormone disrupting chemicals like phthalates. Uh, they are just so prevalent uh, in our environment and just throughout our day that I, I do feel that that's, um, that's a really good place to start. So think of, you know, your air fresheners, those wall plugins, the car air fresheners, um, colognes, you know, the really strongly uh, scented but greenwashed products like Mrs. Meyer's soaps and cleaners, you know, mm -hmm. um, those are the things to ditch altogether or, you know, maybe swap out with something that's more like essential oil based. Um, that that will have a big impact for both men and women um, and can can help uh, remove remove some issues. So I'd, I'd say also looking at water filtration um, is important. There is a lot that um, is in our water supplies now, some of which is controlled for in municipal water, you know, filtration systems, some of which isn't, uh, you know, so I think testing water, a good water filtration system is a good idea. Um, some other things that I recommend that that women and men focus on in that preconception period would be reducing alcohol intake. So the things I'm talking about here are really how do we remove some straws from the camel's back so that your body has to process less and resources are available for good reproductive health. So al the alcohol thing is never popular. Um, and, I, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to go entirely, but, um, it, you know, it is, it is important. It is something that we have to detoxify uh, through the liver and, you know, the and other systems and that will require nutrients. I, I you know, so that's important. Um, smoking, you know, the, I think we know this at this point, but particularly cigarettes, uh, you know, the, the thing about sperm and egg, uh, is that they're very sensitive to oxidative stress. So, you know, cigarette smoking is going to generate a lot of that. Um, so those are some of the things to avoid, but I do have a I do have a list of four things that I I think are great to focus on if you want mm -hmm. me to hit those sure. to be yeah, more positive. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, put first, uh, you know, put first very simply, we want to really flood the body with the right stuff. So that's where the nutrition piece comes in. Um, we want to help combat those things that we can't control, such what? as age or those certain environmental exposures. So top of that list is really eating a diet high in antioxidants and omega-3 fatty acids. So think fruits, vegetables, seafood, including shellfish, which are uniquely high in sperm supporting nutrients like zinc and selenium. 
Uh, number two would be exercising routinely, anything to move your body to get that fresh, mm -hmm. oxygenated, nutrient-rich blood pumping through the body. I mean, we want the brain to be talking to the reproductive organs and, and have good nutrients and blood flow between, and uh, that can help with, with hormone balance. Mm -hmm. um, and some evidence that strength training, for example, can help to support mm -hmm. uh, adequate testosterone levels, but uh, punishing ultra-long-distance uh, events may actually uh, deplete testosterone. Also, in women, they're known to cause uh, amenorrhea or loss of periods. Right, right. And that's what we were talking about earlier when, you know, there's that amenorrhea can, hypothalamic amenorrhea can develop when you're, you've undernourished and, and typically over-exercised. So mm -hmm. a lot more calories out than in. Mm -hmm. um, I have seen, I have seen that happen with men as well, uh, you know, where there's been over-exercising and under-eating and, and they've got in turn a decline in, in, um, reproductive hormones too. Um, but, uh, you know, getting seven, eight hours of sleep a night, I know these things aren't surprising, but I always like to mm -hmm. say the why. So if we can think about why in the connection point, sure. I think it helps to focus on it. So ideally it's seven, eight hours as closely in sync as possible with our light and dark cycles, because we're living in modern environments with artificial light, blue light, right? And our circadian rhythm is very much tied to our reproductive health. And it's one of the reasons why we actually see some seasonal changes in fertility rates and we see some more fertility, more fertility issues in shift workers. Um, melatonin, a natural hormone, right, that is produced um, by the pineal gland and helps uh, with, with sleep is, is also associated with um, better, uh, egg quality and protective for the egg. I, I would imagine, although it hasn't been as studied, that it also is protective for sperm. It has kind of an antioxidant-like function in that way. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then naturally with, with natural cycles, circadian rhythm of uh, mm -hmm. darkness and light, you know, but uh, you can right. take supplemental uh, melatonin. Keep going. Yep, yep, yep. And it, and it can be helpful given that uh, uh, melatonin production is has been impacted by our modern, <laughs> our modern environments. But mm -hmm. lastly, you know, I would say daily supplementation. That's where this fits in. I mean, first, we've got the foundation of diet and lifestyle. Then, you know, we've got daily supplementation because we aren't going to be able to do all the things perfectly every day. So, you know, a high quality supplement, I, I you know, put a lot of thought and care behind full wells um, formulations. And those can really help fill the gap, you know, and support, um, support a, a stage of life that's very nutrient intensive. Indeed. Okay, you've introduced a lot of uh, subjects, and I have a ton of questions for you. I want to find out, uh, you know, what some of the, the secret sauce that goes into the full well uh, supplements. Uh, the website is uh, fullwell.com. Is that correct? fullwellfertility.com fullwellfertility.com and uh, our guest is uh, an expert on preconceptual planning and, and with a focus uh, not to exclude women but uh, recognizing the important role that uh, men play uh, and contribute in terms of fertility and also uh, optimal outcomes because we're not just talking about getting pregnant we're talking about uh, you know how many years uh, of schooling do you want your kids to go for it's going to cost you a lot in 2040 to send your kids to college, but uh, it's worth it. 
Uh, do you want college? Do you want graduate school? You want uh, multiple professional degrees, <laughs> PhDs, <laughs> and so on. Uh, and you can actually have an impact on that with the right kind of preconceptual planning. Uh, our guest is Ayla Barmer. Let's spell that. Uh, it's Ayla, A-Y-L-A. Barmer is B-A-R-M-M-E-R. Uh, she's a registered dietitian, also has a master's degree, and uh, she is a functional medicine practitioner, founder of Full Well, which is Boston-based. Am I right? That's right. Yep. But you see client. I mean, you, you probably do a lot of telemedicine, and you uh, work with clients all over the country, perhaps all over the world. Uh, and uh, it, when we continue, we're going to talk uh, more specifically about uh, optimizing fertility and optimizing outcomes through lifestyle and nutrition. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. 